Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CE curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. This is CME on ReachMD, and I'm Dr. Maria Flesheriu. Here with me today is Dr. Martin Ranke. Let's dive right in with a discussion of the importance of screening our patients for Cushing syndrome. Martin, the most important questions are who do we screen and when do we need to screen them? Thank you, Maria. The first and initial question is whether the patient has endogenous or exogenous Cushing syndrome. So exogenous Cushing syndrome uh, results from any use of glucocorticoids taken orally, inhaled, or administered as injections or used topically in creams or ointments. That has to be excluded before you start thinking of endogenous Cushing syndrome. Endogenous Cushing syndrome is rather rare, whereas exogenous is very, very frequent. So three to six percent of the general population is taking steroids at a given time. Endogenous Cushing syndrome is caused either by a pituitary corticotroph adenoma secreting ACTH. It can be caused by ectopic uh, ACTH secretion through a neuroendocrine tumor, or it can be caused by an adrenal adenoma. However, when do we suspect that there is endogenous Cushing syndrome? Well, the main symptoms are changes at the skin, psychiatric comorbidity, metabolic comorbidities like diabetes and hypertension, but also osteoporosis at young age, uh, just to mention a few. However, this endogenous Cushing syndrome has to be separated from non-neoplastic physiological endogenous hypercortisolism. That can be, for example, the case in endogenous depression, it can be the case in somebody chronically using alcohol in large quantities and in many other situations. These both condition endogenous Cushing syndrome and non-neoplastic physiological hypercortisolism are not easy to distinguish. And sometimes time is helpful to observe a patient and to control those other conditions like metabolic complications, endogenous depression, or even stopping alcohol drinking in order to see whether it's true Cushing's or this pseudo-Cushing state. Thank you. I think we need more than an hour to discuss about all this. Uh, but the key points would be if you think about Cushing's, then patient has to be screened for Cushing's. The likelihood of having Cushing's is essential in determining which test you need and how long to go in ruling in or ruling out. And then besides screening, the confirmatory testing, it's also very important to uh, if the comorbidities you were talking earlier are not well controlled, then we have to wait until we do the testing. And then furthermore, do not do localization testing, like where the Cushing's is coming from, until we're sure that the patient has confirmed Cushing's. So do not miss cases, do not overdiagnose it either, somewhere in between to make sure that we uh, reach every patient and diagnose if they have Cushing's to improve their outcomes. Well, this has been a great 
bite-sized discussion. Thank you, Martin, and thank you all for listening. Thank you. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is provided by Prova Education and is part of our Minute CE curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash Prova. Thank you for listening.